It's pretty hard to imagine a more insidious automotive BS buzzword in 2022 and beyond than zero emissions. This phrase, which is going to roll off the tongues of many of vested interest marketing mother lover and, let's not forget, imbecile journalists, often conjoined at the hip, aren't they? In the years ahead, this phrase is actually an idiot detector. If you believe it, you are one. I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap for buyers here in Australia. Website for that? Obviously. Or you can simply click the card which I erected without causing a single emission. Well, I did actually fart, but it was silent slash deadly, so that doesn't really count. Anyway, it's up there now. Dude. Must have had a lot of garlic last night. Anyway. Let us start with the freaking obvious, shall we? Humanity cannot hope to reduce emissions and emerge into a clean, green future in which perhaps Elon Musk rules the Earth and Mars as a kind of demented big brother. Electric Kim Jong-un of sorts. Whatever. We can't hope to do this by consuming more stuff, more EVs, anything of that nature. Because more stuff means more energy, means more resources, means more emissions, because physics, problematically. Of course, this fact does not suit big business. You consuming less is not the kind of thing they want. Consumption status quo is likewise repugnant, like planet, dude. We have a responsibility to our stakeholders here. Toyota will happily sell you a Prius or Pri or a RAV4 hybrid, perhaps, to you in the hemp shirt with all those panels on the roof. But it will also, even more joyfully, perhaps, sell you a corpulent arsed CO2-belching Land Cruiser 300, <laughs> simply because your name is Muzz and you have a cupboard full of favourite singlets, and of course flannelette shirts for whenever it gets cold, and because you knew that the mullet would never actually go out of fashion, dude. Nissan, same thing. A shitbox leaf or a patrol, doesn't matter. They're bipolar like that. They don't give a shit which one, as long as it's got their badge on it. It's all good, dude. Better if you buy two, have one of each. A bit of an each-way bet on the future. The marketing departments of car makers know that there is a slice of the population which wants desperately to identify as being green. Emissions are bad and they want to be good. So let us wrap the product in a virtuous green lie called zero emissions. There's Nissan Straya doing exactly this on its website today. And if you didn't pay sufficient attention at school, you can convince yourself quite easily that you are doing the right thing here. Saving the planet, buying that zero emissions car, emitting nothing. <laughs> See, being green, it's really not that hard, is it? Just buy a new car, all good. Of course, it's not just Nissan doing this. 
Three Prong is a champ at this stuff as well. In the FAQ section of its once over lightly EQ pages, one finds the following question, quote, what are the advantages of a Mercedes EQ vehicle? Three-prong EQ vehicles consume no fossil fuels and produce no emissions and are therefore a more sustainable mobility option. To which I would simply retort, where did the steel come from? Because last time I looked, it's almost impossible to manufacture any car without metallurgical coal, because steel. And all that steel is just so problematic, isn't it? And the plastics, mainly derived from hydrocarbons, let's not forget. And the aluminum, as they say in America. A lot of energy goes into that. The facts are that EVs have at least 50% more CO2 equivalent emissions wrapped up in their production. They consume slash emit less in service. This varies, obviously, depending on how the electricity that charges them up is produced. Almost half of the life cycle emissions of EVs are wrapped up in actually making them. To the virtuous, this is an unpalatable fact. And to the corporations selling them, let's not forget. When you buy your shiny new Tesla, your shitbox leaf, your EV6, your Ionic 5, your EQ shitbox with that coveted three-prong badge, <laughs> whatever, they should hand you, in my view, a fucking balloon with roughly nine tonnes of CO2 in it. That'd be kind of a big balloon, of course, because it would need to hold about five million litres of CO2, and that's at about 15 degrees C. If it's a hot day, Australia, even bigger balloon, because pff, facts, dude. But it's not just car company assholes selling you this bullshit, sweeping the truth under the rug because it's just counterproductive. It's also governments. Governments, of course, have, over the past few decades, boned all of their technically trained people, i.e. the people on staff who actually paid attention at university and still respect the facts above all else, because they just don't fit in. They've replaced them with an endless army of spin doctor assholes, generally from the ranks of washed-up TV reporters and producers from Channel 7 and Channel 9. Yes, because... Who else would you call on, let's face it, when the chips are down? Now, those lefty dickheads in Vicwegia have a Department of Environment, Land, Water and Planning. As if land and water are somehow distinct from the fucking environment. And what happened to air? That's just discriminatory right there. Anyway... Those Vicwegian enviro-bureaucrats actually have a whole section of green hell on earth on their website, kind of just there, dedicated to promoting the bullshit myth of zero emissions vehicles. <laughs> zero emissions vehicles. Victoria supercharging our zero emissions vehicle future. Pro tip, you green governmental cockheads. A, that's self-evidently a bullshit concept. B, supercharging is really only a thing for internal combustion, so worst metaphor ever. That's your tax dollars at work if you live down there. 
This high-caliber shit fuckery is everywhere in government. The ACT government, equally disgraceful on this, and even the Royal Auto Club. They have jumped on this bullshit buzzword bandwagon also. Education and awareness campaigns and information which help motorists understand and manage the energy consumption of their vehicle and reduce greenhouse gas emissions are supported. This includes purchasing vehicles that produce lower or zero emissions as well as using more sustainable and active modes of transport. That is from the RAC's public policy PDF for 21-22. Pro tip, geniuses. Nine-ish tons of CO2 in a big fat balloon comes free, wrapped up with every so-called zero-emission EV. It's called applied science. There is no zero-emission vehicle, you chumps. That is, of course, yet to be invented, like perpetual motion. Let me be perfectly clear, though, okay? Climate change is real. It's an existential threat, and humans are causing it. It's mainly an overpopulation problem, but... (sighs) Powerful dickheads who simply don't seem to care and who would not know science if it jumped up and bit them on the courgette. Really not helping. But we can only implement effective countermeasures if we respect the facts, right? The details really matter. Some marketing asshole at Nissan or something wants you to believe you are reducing your emissions to zero and they're hoping you didn't pay sufficient attention at school to realise that there's a five million litre balloon of CO2 free attached to every Nissan leaf. And this is why scientific literacy has never been more important to humanity. Because it's only science that stands between society as we know it, with all the perks, medical care, living into our 80s, the internet, litigation, online porn, all of the good stuff. Without science, we're all living in friggin' caves again and resolving disputes over resources and territory with pointy sticks. It's only science that stands between the present and a future that is not compatible with human life on Earth. It doesn't get more serious than that. And I'm sorry to tell Coal Humper 6, but dude, getting 1.7 million EVs on the road in Australia by 2030, A, is impossible, and B, it wouldn't really help anyway, especially if we keep burning and exporting all that freaking coal. Meet Professor Neville Jackson. He's a kind of hardcore engineering bigwig in the United Kingdom. He's got an academic pedigree longer than, well, let's just say it's a tripping hazard. Four decades of experience in industrial R&D, primarily in transport and energy systems. Safe to say he's got a fairly large brain. A governmental advisor, 10 years as chief technology officer for Ricardo PLC, which is a climate action engineering powerhouse promoting, quote, 
science-based targets as a countermeasure against the nightmare hellscape outcome that derives from doing business as usual, i.e. the, uh, well, the SCOMO non-plan option. So it's safe to say that inside Ricardo, not too many bones through the nose, not too much hemp tie-dye t-shirt wearing, more ones and zeros, and how can we solve this pressing fucking problem, right? Anyway, as a skeptic about who you should listen to and whom you should not, you'd have to say, if Prof J here is bent over by some green-vested interest, you would expect him to be metaphorically fellating EVs for all they're worth, pumping them right up. And guess what? He's not. Instead, he helped produce and is quoted in this kind of helpful primer on the real emissions of battery EVs versus combustion versus hybrid versus plug-in hybrid. And I'll link to that in the description so you can see for yourself and figure out that I'm not just selectively quoting and otherwise cherry-picking the data. Now, unlike a lot of the sciencey stuff out there, this is just a three-pager, okay? And anyone smarter than that guy will be able to follow along, pretty sure. So let's face it, that's almost everyone, right? The upshot is, over the life of the vehicle, a battery EV reduces emissions by about 21% compared with a conventional combustion car. It's roughly the same with the plug-in hybrid, okay? Conventional hybrid, about a 12% reduction. This is what happens when you include all of the emissions, from manufacturing to disposal at the end of their lives and everything in between, right? Fueling them up and plugging them in and things of that nature. Now, I don't know about you, but the guy seems beyond credible and the data seems particularly credible, right? And frankly, 21% reduction, while, yeah, it's significant, it seems a whole lot less virtuous than 100% reduction, i.e. zero friggin' emissions. This is the reality versus the political and corporate marketing bullshit, right? And with the EV, roughly twice as many emissions are produced during manufacturing. Call it 8.8 .8 tonnes for the EV of CO2 equivalent versus 5.6 tonnes for the combustion car. That's Prof J's data. Most people could reduce the emissions of the car they already own by at least 20% simply by driving more gently and by using the vehicle more efficiently, which is to say by getting more things done every time one goes out, thus eliminating needless trivial trips, which is easy. You just have to bend your brain around it. You don't need a friggin' EV to do that in the next 10 years in service to cut emissions by 20%. You can achieve that in mum's friggin' Corolla tomorrow. Don't get me wrong. The data shows that EVs are better at emissions over the notionally 10-year life of the vehicle. They're 21% better. In perspective, right? Here in Australia, cars are roughly 8% of total greenhouse emissions. That means shifting to 100% EVs would reduce emissions by 21% of 8%, which is a little less than 2% of the total. And let's not forget, this is an impossible option because not everyone in society and not every vehicle can be replaced. 
by a battery electric vehicle equivalent. It's just not possible to do that. You'd never get to 100%. There's a conclusion here, right? It's pretty obvious. And you virtue-mongering EV zealots are simply not going to like it. And the conclusion is that EVs are a governmental smokescreen to be seen to be doing something. And they're a pretty neat way for car makers to jump into bed with regulators and cop various taxpayer-funded backhanders under the table. They're a climate sideshow, but a relatable one, right? Because every day we see cars, all day long, everyday cars. We're in cars, we're out of cars, we see cars on the road. We see smog in our cities and we hate that. What we don't see are endless coal mines in the boonies. And that's where the real problem is, at least here in Australia. Unfortunately, when the ship is being steered by someone who is self-evidently dead keen to be more than just good friends with the coal industry, the smokescreens will continue for the foreseeable future. And of course, I do suspect that the COVID-19 pandemic has achieved more for passenger vehicle emissions reductions than a fleet of EVs ever could hope to. I'm not saying it's been a good thing, just that this is a positive feedback effect inside a vastly negative societal shitstorm. <laughs>